Hello, Rachel Collins here. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club. Today's book is Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. I have a love-hate with sleep. It has been a little bit of my enemy for several years now. Approximately since I had my first child 12 years ago, I slept pretty good before that. As a kid, yeah, I got I got scared of things and I, I would have trouble sleeping, particularly spiders. I was deathly afraid of spiders. So uh, I would cry to my parents and say, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, I'm scared of spiders. So they'd just hand me my cat and say, the cat will eat the spiders, chill out. So, I mean, other than that, I don't remember having sleep problems as a kid or as an adult. Because um, as an adult, I continued on that tradition of having a cat because I am still scared of spiders. And, you know, in my 20s, my cat would like sit on my head and I'd sleep through it. Like, I'd be fine. But for some reason, when I had my first child, I didn't sleep very well. Well, I know the reason because the kid cries and you have to get up and then you develop mom ears and it just, I don't know, you get scared of being woken up. I had sleep anxiety, anxiety about sleep um, after having kids. So that continued on and I did not sleep well at all, you know, for years. So I'm always interested in sleep books and Sleep Smarter gave a lot of practical tips it didn't really address sleep anxiety, which I will hopefully address in another episode with a different book because I believe I struggled with sleep anxiety. But I will give you these tips in this book that hopefully will help you get a good night rest. And you know, the book starts off by really stressing the importance of sleep. It's something as adults we think we can write off. Like, hey, I gotta work, I have a life, I have obligations, sleep is going out the window, right? People sometimes like pride themselves. I can get five hours of sleep and function, I'm great. But this book points out that you are at your best, you are most productive when you sleep. It gives a statistic that as a human race, on average, we used to get nine hours a night of sleep, and now we're down to seven hours. So this lack of sleep is just snowballing, and more people are having trouble sleeping, and more people are getting less sleep. So that old saying, I'll sleep when I'm dead, okay, that's not a good idea. Get some sleep now so you can be at your best. They did a study with surgeons who were sleep deprived. And in surgery, they took 14% longer to do the surgery and made 21% more mistakes. Now you tell me, would you want that surgeon working on you if, it, if he or she did not get enough sleep? I wouldn't. I would not because when we reduce our sleep and don't get enough, we don't produce enough glucose 
in our brain. And this glucose is used to fuel high-level thinking. So if we want to think at our best, we need to get sleep. Skipping one night of sleep makes us as insulin-resistant as a type 2 diabetic, okay? So that's not good. That means we're not having high-level thinking, and we're not at our peak performance. Now, you've heard of melatonin, right? It's that thing that regulates our circadian rhythm. So, you know, when the sun goes down, we get those signals that it's time to sleep. And sun in the early morning helps you produce melatonin. So that means you should go out and get some sun on you between 6 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. for the best melatonin production within your body. So anyone that's a morning outside exerciser, you're good to go if you're not going too early, like five o'clock, right? So 60 minutes before bed, you should also not have any artificial light in front of you. So those of you that are addicted to watching YouTube or TikToks before bed or scrolling on your phone, this is bad news. Very, very bad news. Try to curb that and put away your devices 60 minutes before bed for the best sleep. So how bright should your room be? It shouldn't be bright. It should be pitch black. This darkness helps us sleep better. The book also points out that timing is everything when we go to sleep, right? They give an example in the book. Would you water your flowers in the rain? No, it's already raining, right? That's pointless. So figuring out your sleep pattern is just as important. You should go to bed at the same time within 30 minutes every night. So if typically you go to bed at 10 p.m., yeah, let's try to go to bed 9.30, between 9.30 and 10.30. Now, I will admit for myself, this was really hard for me to do on the weekends because I just want to stay up and hang out, enjoy life, get crazy. You know what I mean? So this that part was always a struggle for me to keep that going through the weekend. But our body doesn't know if it's weekend or weekday. So if we're really prioritizing our sleeping, we want to stay in that 30-minute window of sleep time. Also, just to point out, the light bulb was only invented 150 years ago. So if before that we were going to sleep when the sun went down and the sun came up, that's the light we had to signal us. Now we have light in our house. And 150 years in the grand scheme of things is not that long. So we haven't evolved that much to really kind of deal with these artificial lights that are coming at us all the time. Now between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. is when we get our peak sleep, our deepest sleep, our best sleep. So if you can get to bed by 10 p.m., that is the best. Unfortunately, those people that have to work, shift work, they don't feel so great because they're all over the place with timing, um, with 
you know, being able to sleep at, at those peak times between 10 and 2 p.m. So that, that makes it really hard on anyone that has that kind of nursing job or shift work. Caffeine. I love my coffee in the morning. Love it. But I don't drink caffeine afternoon. That is something I'm I pretty, pretty good at sticking with. The book suggests not drinking caffeine after 4 p.m. because it has an eight-hour half-life and stays in our system. So to make sure that it's all filtered out, try not to drink any caffeine after 4 p.m. And then the book talks about alcohol. Alcohol, some people are like, oh, it helps me go to sleep. I get sleepy. That's probably true. It helps you go to sleep. But what it does to you is it doesn't help you get into REM sleep. In fact, it robs you of your REM sleep if you have too much alcohol in your system. So you wake up not feeling like you had good night's sleep because you didn't go into REM as much as you should. So the book had a suggestion of drinking one water after every drink you have. Now, I don't know if that would work if you have 10 drinks, but hey, it's, it's worth a try. Drink that water. Now, the spicy suggestion this book gives is to have a orgasm before bed because that relaxes you. Ah, yes. Relax into bed with a nice orgasm. So, healthy body, healthy mind. Let's think about that. What is healthy for our body? Exercise. Yes, exercise. And exercise does help you sleep better because you're making little micro tears in your body. And this helps you to sleep deeper because your body's being repaired. And the growth hormone is being produced while you sleep. And that makes us young and it rejuvenates us. So exercise, get sleepy, go into that deep sleep, get repaired and feel better the next day. Another thing that can help your sleep is magnesium. You can either take magnesium in pill form, although it doesn't quite get digested all the way. Um, You can also apply magnesium lotion or spray to your skin. And I have heard, I'm not an expert on this, but I have heard that is that your body absorbs it better if it's a lotion or a spray. So check that out for yourself. But it has a calming effect on you and it can help you get sleepy, drowsy, um, and sleep deeper. So some people also use melatonin to go to sleep, and the book suggests that there are risk factors to this. If you do this too often, your body can actually stop producing melatonin naturally, so use it sparingly if you can, because you don't want your body to stop producing it. Another big suggestion is to meditate. This helps calm the mind. I guess this is the one thing where it addresses maybe some of those anxiety feelings. If you meditate before bed, then you can feel nice and relaxed and you can take all those thoughts and throw them out and not keep thinking about things. The last point in the book is making a sleep sanctuary. So having your room set up So that it's relaxing and you have fresh, clean air. It suggests getting houseplants. So two houseplants that are easy to take care of and produce a lot of good air is English ivory and mother-in-law's tongue. 
So if you have a nice space, oh, also keep work out of the bedroom. Do not work in your bed. Do not do anything like that. It can make a negative association. So hopefully this book helped you make some better sleep choices and I hope you got some suggestions out of it. Have a great, wonderful day. Thanks for listening. Bye.